Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Mel McLaughlin. Welcome to No Turning Back, the Tokyo 2020 podcast. It's been a long five-year wait, but the Tokyo Olympic and Paralympic Games are finally happening and there is no turning back now. In this series, I'll be meeting some of the athletes going for gold in Tokyo and sharing their stories. In this episode, as Ethiopia's own military committed widespread murder, rape and torture in Gambella, in 2003, the Aboya family quietly made its passage to Australia. Among them, three-year-old Bandiri Aboya, who would go on to become the second fastest Australian junior over the fabled 400 metre distance, second only to Cathy Freeman. This impressive 21-year-old can achieve anything on the track in Tokyo, but it's Bandiria Boy's uplifting spirit off the track, which I can't wait to share with you. Bandiria Boya, we are so excited to be able to chat to you on this podcast series. A lot of buzz about you, uh, plenty of excitement. You've done plenty of things already. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, you're up in Queensland at the moment, ahead of Tokyo, keeping warm, no doubt. Very smart of you. Yeah, well, thank you for having me here. Um, yeah, to decide to stay in Queensland, get the warm weather, get the warm training in. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks in Sydney was so cold, so I was like, I can't go back to there and then go from here and go to Townsville. So it's quite exciting over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, smart girl. We know it's been freezing in Sydney. It's going to be so hot in Tokyo. <laughs> How much does that factor into preparations? Obviously, as you say, you know, going to Cairns as well for a training camp. Well, it's really important getting used to the climate. But I think me, I've always loved the hot weather. I love Doha. I love Bahamas. I just love training in heat. I don't know what's wrong with me. I just, I just love heat. And then like, even with like my recovery, I love like hot baths. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's something that I think I'll be able to just deal with, but getting in that warm weather, I'm um, switching, just getting that little bit of warm weather, like switching from Sydney to Townsville or Sydney to Cairns and, or Gold Coast, it will be good to um, get that in. How excited are you? Because obviously athletes, it's um, been a very big talking point. We saw last year, you know, Tokyo being postponed the way it was, having to wait the way you guys did. How did that, did that impact you in a, a good way or, or a bad way? It definitely impacted me in a good way. Um, only the fact that when Tokyo was, when the actual date was on, I have only been with my coach for a certain amount of time. So getting that extra year, getting that extra training in was great for me. Um, and then knowing I could get that full-on training, he could know my body more, how I recover, because he didn't have quite a lot of time to get to know my body and how I am as an athlete. Just just to get that couple months in, it's been great and so helpful, and I'm in better shape than I've ever been, to be honest. Well, it sounds good to us. Uh, you talk about your coach. Are you talking about John Quinn? John Quinn is the name. <laughs> yeah, he's my coach. Yeah, you're a big fan of his. I know... Um, 
you've been through quite the journey in terms of coaches and having a coach and, and that not working out. There was, um, I guess, a few issues there. And then did you stumble across him? Did you seek him out? Well, it was quite a lot of, um, I didn't know where to actually go from my other coach. And then my other training partners were leaving too. So John was there and I was just like, how did I not know about John Quinn? So then um, it was really good. He's like, he's one of the ones that are just like, they're there. They're just like, not like there, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's quite good. Um, it's it's great actually. So um, yeah, I rolled into John. To be honest, um, I'll tell you a little story. John actually didn't know who I was um, when I did <laughs> meet him. So yeah, it's been great and it's been a great experience and a journey and definitely meeting a coach that, understands is was my main priority and meeting a positive group was my main priority for myself and that has just reflected my training the last couple of weeks and months did you say to him don't you know who i am <laughs> <laughs> i actually just laughed because i was like oh well i just came back from doha and i was like surely like surely i could just get like my little name up there but no, nah, John's quite funny. He didn't really know who I was, but it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk a little bit about that setup in, in a moment, but just can we touch on why, because you seem, from everything I've seen, you're wise way beyond your years and you've, you've got a good awareness of things. Why did things not work out with your other coach where you were the one to sort of pick it, you know, with huge maturity as well? I think as you grow as an athlete, you need to learn what you could control and what your coach needs to control. And, um, it just got all mixed up and I was, I wanted to control things like my sponsorships, my uniforms that I didn't have control with. So that turned into, no, you can't have control into that. So I was just like, I kind of just awoken. So I'm just like, wait a minute. It's like, I got a, it's like in my head, I had like a piece of paper of what a coach should be and there was nothing I could really tick off, but I'm not going to really doubt my other coach. He did get me far. So um really thankful for that. But yeah, in that list of things I could tick off, probably knowing my program and little things were just the only things I could tick off. I couldn't tick off helping me with my mental health. I couldn't tick off anything else that are really important as being an athlete. You just need to know all these things. And um I knew I was sold on to John when he told me that you need to take care of the person you are before you're an athlete. And I think some coaches do forget that, oh, they're not just an athlete, they're an actual person. Like I can't treat them like rubbish. So to have John and have someone that understands that there's actually a life outside of aesthetics. And it's so important to actually know that because you're not an athlete for your whole life. And the good thing about being an athlete is, as you are an athlete, you get to build your life after track. So it's really important to do that while you're an athlete. It's like sort of a plan B. So track is not really only life. So to get John, someone that understands both sides, it's great. Like I said, wise beyond your years. I'll probably say that a few times <laughs> during this chat. But uh, yeah, so it seems like it's a pretty unique setup with John and, and the guys who you train with. Tell us a bit about that. Mm, well, I train with... All guys, sometimes girls do join the session. There's not, there's no other 400 girls, so I'm quite, I just run with the boys. And it's helped me in a way where every rep, I'm not going to try to be at the back. I'm just trying to run with the boys. So it's great. John just 
when I started with him, it was fixing little things like techniques. So that really helped. But my training group is awesome. Like, you know, when you get really like lucky, like picking something out of a hat, I guess I got really lucky with the people that are in my group. So positive. So, so happy all the time. It's, they're really encouraging. So I wouldn't have asked for a better training group than JQ squad. <laughs> and they, they, it seems like every guy there has their own story as well. Mm. Yeah, everyone has their own story, unique story. And it's what I love. Like, you could ask them about Buster. You could ask about Asim, by the way. That's his nickname. You could <laughs> ask about Ishmael. You could ask about Happy. And they're all different people in all different ways. Like, they have a different story. And it's, it's quite inspiring hearing their stories and then seeing them at train the next day. And it's just like, if I could do that, I'm a full-time athlete and I don't have to really worry about anything, but they do. So it's kind of puts you in a space where you're just like, hey, let me be grateful for this because they've come such a long way and it's just inspiring training with them. Do do you think it makes you faster as well? Just, uh, I guess, (laughs) you know, like it or not with the guys, does it make you, do you think there's a big advantage there as opposed to being with, say, females where you're probably way ahead of the rest, if you like? I would have to say yes. I know we, you don't really, girls can have the mentality like go out there and do this. But I don't know, I think it's more different with a guy. They just don't back down. I know some girls don't mm-hmm. back down, but it's just, I don't know how to explain. It's quite different. I just love training with them because it's like, okay, they have to hit this time, but I'm going to try hit it too. Like yeah. there's a guy that trains with me and he's close to my time. So it's great to have that balance. And it's just like, I see them as times, I see their times as times I want to run when I get older or not even older in a couple of months, a couple of years. I'm not going to really limit myself, but in the future, I want to run those type of times. So it's like, I got to train with them. I want to be running those times. When you say if you want to be running those times, where do you see yourself? I'm sure this is a book. I don't know how many times you've been asked this, but do you see yourself gold medalist, world record holder, or, you know, just the best of the best? What are you mm. aiming for in that regard? What I'm aiming for, I don't think I could say it only because who knows, maybe I can be Olympian. Maybe I could be this. Um, I really don't like putting a goal on something like, so like, I don't know how to explain it, but like, I don't really like, I don't like limiting myself at all. So I'm just like, if I could be Olympian, I could be Olympian. If I could be a medalist, I will be a medalist. But definitely having little goals to help me up, like, okay, first we break 50, then we go to 49, like just little stepping stones to um, get me to where I want to be. And eventually that will take me to being a medalist in at Worlds or Olympics or something like that. So you were born in Ethiopia. If you had a dollar for every time someone asked you about running a longer distance, would you be a rich woman? I'll be rich. And I had a, <laughs> um, when I was younger, I think I was in year six, I, I had a school project and it was about people talking about uh, the hypocrites, like being like you're an 800 runner because you're Ethiopian. Like I did an assignment on that and that really woken me up because at that time, I wasn't a like I was an athlete, but I wasn't an athlete. Like I was what running like a couple times a week. Like I wouldn't even have considered myself an athlete, but to actually be an athlete now and I get those questions, it's like wow. Like mm. 
I think for me, it's the most important thing I made sure I did growing up was I made sure I stayed true to myself. So no one can change me to be a 800 runner unless I want to do it. So it's definitely on my mind when I grow up in a couple of years, past my 25 years, like past when I'm 20, like maybe 26, 27, like around those times, I definitely want to get the 400 Porto and get that time faster. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, fair enough. So just to go back a bit on your childhood, born in Ethiopia, as I said, and then came to Australia uh, at the age of three, you and your family, your your parents and your siblings. Are you the youngest of, is it six? I'm the youngest. There's, I have four brothers and one sister. How, how did that work out, the, the dynamic there? Is the rest of the family, are they athletic or, or what? Um, no, um, there's no athletes in my family. It's quite weird. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone always asks me, like, where did it come from? And I'm just like, I don't know. Like, it's, I, I, don't, I, I have no answer to that question. There's no athletes in there. Me and my sister are quite the opposite, actually. Okay, so you came to Western Sydney and um, you and I were talking before. We both grew up around the Blacktown area. Was it Little Athletics you went to? Yes, so I did go to Blacktown and Little Athletics. I went to Prospect Little Athletics. I also went to Girawing Little Athletics. But growing up for me, I always was like, I wanted more out of it and I didn't quite understand why I kept moving around so much. I just wanted to have more than fun, you know what I mean, like, and then I just sat down. I'm just like, wait a minute. You know, you're young. Go have fun. So I treated those years as just having fun. What age did you start Little Athletics and why did you start? I started, I think I was about 14 going to 15 where I actually started a little, at a Little Athletics. So, so that's um, not that young, did, is it? No, I started quite late, like with everything really late. Um, and why I started, well, I knew that if I didn't do it for myself or when if I didn't go out looking for a club or convince my parents to sign me up for something, it wouldn't have ever happened. My parents weren't really, like, knowing of those, like, okay, there's little athletics here, like, you know. So I was like, if I don't do it for myself, I'm not going to get to where I want to eventually be. Mm. And it was something where I was like, hey, Dad, um, I want to do a little athletics. They were so supportive. Until now, they're really supportive. Letting me put education on the side to focus on track has been a blessing. And honestly, it's like it's something that I knew I've always needed to do because I can't multitask. But (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I'm very grateful for them to allowing me to like actually go to follow my dreams and then come back to that later. 
Yeah, I'm just um, kind of laughing to myself because I'm thinking about that drive that you've got. And when I went to my day, well, I played sport all around there, not at any level, not trying to compare myself <laughs> with you know, an elite athlete, but um, saying to my dad, I want to play football, soccer. And, you know, when I first started playing, you know, your dad's really encouraging. My dad was like, I can't watch because we were a little bit bad. <laughs> we were a little bit very bad, especially that first year. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, you obviously there's something unique in many ways, but you have your own drives at seeing you. As you say, a lot of people have stories where their parents have maybe pushed them or, you know, there's been some other reason why they've, they've gone in, uh, gone a certain direction, but you've made everything happen yourself and you strike me as um, such an independent person who just wants to be known for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly um, how I want to be um, looked at. Just not a Kathy Freeman Although I love her, I've seen her a couple, I can finally say I've met Kathy Freeman. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just want to be Benjiria Boya. And it's something that I've said ever since I came to the school around 16, 17. And it's something I'm always going to carry on to. Every interview, every podcast, I just want to be Benjiria Boya. And it's just, yeah, I really just stick to my own words. You're so young and you already knew to say, as flattering as it is that people comparing you to Kathy Freeman, that you want to be the first Ben Deary. That's, um, yeah. that's, again, very unique. Thank you very much. Kathy, though, have you, you would have seen her race, obviously, especially the, the big one, the race. Yeah. Um, have you seen that a number of times? Did that have any impact on you? Well, let's be real, seeing that last 100, I watch it and I'm just like, how the hell did she stay so strong? Um, and I'm just like, I watch it and I'm just like, arms, arms, arms. I think as a 400 runner, you always think about your arms the last few metres. But the way she really moved away from the field is something that I admire. Um, but also how she carried herself off the track and how she dealt with all the media was a question that I always had for her. And it's something that, I always definitely admire, um, I admire how people carry themselves off the track more than on the track because it's so important to, you can be so lost in the media, you can be so lost in everything else, the winning, you can be lost in everything. So keeping that stand up and being true to yourself is something I so admire in people. Well, anyone who saw that race live, like myself, you still get goosebumps and, you know, you still, yeah. it, it takes you back to that time and obviously everyone holding their breath, waiting for her to catch her breath and, and smile and who knows um, what she must have gone through. That was 2000. What year were you born? <laughs> okay. Well, everyone, I just thought about actually, it. <laughs> everyone I actually talked to, they've said I was there and everything. I'm just like, how many people were there? It's but not like, possible. Everyone, I was in my lounge room, okay? <laughs> Everyone I, like has said like they were there or they watched or they were the cameraman or they were somewhere there. And I'm just like, how? But I was born in 2000 in April. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it just occurred to me while we were chatting and all the Kathy Freeman stuff, you were born that year. Wow. I'm a 2000 were. girl. <laughs> um, I've seen some of your, obviously, or read some interviews or watch you in action and you're very quick to say, it's interesting because a lot of people say this inspired me. This guy or this this woman, and I want I'm, Kathy aside. It could be whoever, but um, you don't seem to be of that ilk, if you like. You you've kind of like you said, it was all your own doing. You didn't see a certain race or a certain athlete and say I want to do that. Is that right? Yeah. Um, as I go back to me growing up and me now, it's just I don't like following the crowd. I've always been like that in high school. Lost friends, you know. 
I don't know, I just always was to myself, like even now, like in a hotel by myself, like I just love being by myself. I think that that's just the introvert in me. But yeah, me starting off, it's just, I didn't look at someone who was like, I want to be you. But now I look back at my past self and I'm just like, damn, like you have come so far. So of course I'm going to look up to myself. It's just like, I'm going to look up to you and you've come such a long way. And I've just experienced things like I never experienced, like injuries, for example, and the way I've just come up from it. And um, me personally, at the start of my first ever injury, I thought I was never going to get back to how I was running before, but I did it. And like mental health is something that's so not talked about in the school. And I always say I wish it was talked about so much, but how dealing with your mental side and dealing with track colliding that is just you got you got to be balanced and if you don't know how to control the mental side of it on the track is not going to be great so yeah I definitely looked up to myself growing up and I still do very impressive okay so what about your family network how close are, are you guys and how much would you I know you do you've done a lot of this stuff clearly on your own let's address that for a moment you wanted to do athletics so you sort of found a way um, you need to find a new coach when you said you didn't know where to go and you, you're like why hadn't anyone told me about um, John before how is it you've gone about and just had to actively you know is it Google like how have you figured found your way <laughs> well I found my way to my coach with Jordan Sarmento and he was um, my old my training partner at my other place so he followed and we all went to um, John too but Oh, I think connections. You gotta talk to people. You gotta you gotta not take everyone's advice, but kind of look at people and be like, okay, that person did this. Let me let me talk to them. Let me ask this person. Like it's good to ask questions. And I guess that's the way you just have to be in life. You gotta put it on your shield and ask some questions and they'll they'll help you out. Not everyone's everyone's kind. So like it's fine. You could actually talk to people and yeah, definitely through connections is your way to go. Um, but then yet again, there's Google, there's all different things. Like I remember I was searching up coaches in Melbourne. I was searching up coaches in Sydney. I was trying to find my way, um, searching up. I was actually trying to go America too at some point, but, but then I was like, wait a minute, Benzira, you only have a couple. I think I had at that point, I had four or six months to get ready for the Olympics. And I was like, Benzira, you can't move across the other side of the country. You have to get used to a new gun. You have to get used to a new coach. You have to get used to a new training like schedule. Um, and like I said, going to America, going to uni will be something I had to do. So I was like, I can't multitask. I have to focus on the track. And then I did talk to um, some professional people and they're just like, okay, um, you could do this or you could do that. And then at the end of the day, I was like, I'm just going to stay here in Sydney and um, make my way, find someone here because it's so easy to get used to a new um, coach and everything. I just knew that wherever I went, I was going to try train 10 times harder than I ever have. Mm. Well, you still got plenty of time to achieve all of those goals, of course. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Um, <laughs> you've touched on mental health and obviously the way things have to combine, uh, you know, in the best possible way. Do you get the yeah. sense that the era that you're going through now is a much more positive one? Because obviously 2021, the world's changed um, right across the world, all different industries, right. you know, whatever you like. But do you get a sense that... Um, things have changed for the better. I know you're very young and you can't speak for, you know, five, 10 years ago um, at the top level, but is there a feeling of that? I actually don't think things have changed. I think it's still in the background, like no one really talks about it still, but there are more people that are aware of it. I just don't think that there are more voices that do talk about it. And uh, yeah, that's just my, me personally, because I see what I only see on social media. So yeah, I don't think that, it's talked about more, but I do think more people are aware of it. But hopefully in the next couple of years, there's programs teaching kids in high school or teaching someone that doesn't want to talk to their family. Like hopefully there are programs that do help other people overcome it. And you don't have to go and search things up by yourself and learn everything by yourself. Yeah, there's hopefully there's ways that it can help other people. Yeah, well, it seems like already at such a young age, um, you're so passionate about giving back already and, and looking to the youth as well. Yeah, well, um, my dream has ever been, ever since I was five or six, I've always dreamt of going back to Ethiopia and building a school there. So um, I think some of my things when I was younger, I've just kind of kept to myself. I've always wanted to adopt a kid. So it's just things I've just carried along and here I am a couple of years later, I'm 21 and I still have the same things in mind. So hopefully in the next couple of years that could really happen. Yeah, I love that that's, you know, something you're so passionate about. And um, so the, the dream of going back to Ethiopia, it's obviously still such a big part of you and, and your family. Have you got that earmarked? Maybe the end of, the, of your career, which is a long way away, um, yeah. <laughs> to sort of devote yourself to things like that? Yeah, definitely. Like, it's I've always said this like athletics is up there but it's not where I want to stop in life I want to go on to helping people I want to go on to building schools just getting my profile up and getting everything up is just something that is in mind and I think something that if you find something that you're quite okay at and for me I found athletics so using that to try get me to where I want to be and it's going to be a couple of years. Um, I've always said that the first trip I want to take back home is be building a school. So I haven't been back home yet. So hopefully I can make that trip in the next couple of years and we can make that happen. You don't exactly aim low in any facet of your life, do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I always say this all the time and I'm like, life is too short. So go out and do what you want to do. Yeah, so, well, you talked about this, you know, building your profile and obviously you're certainly on the right track in that regard to really build some momentum and, and then work towards what you're passionate about. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you got to – I'm an introvert. I don't know if you could tell. It's something that no one has actually – I don't know, you could really if, – if I didn't say it, I don't know if people could tell. Um, I've quite – I've learned how to be an extrovert on media. I learned how to be out there in person like I guess that you can't really be that shy so you're just gonna get out there and just be yourself and it's it's working and yeah definitely just show whoever's watching me that who I am and yeah 
that's why I, I totally get it. This chat is not about me by any means, but I hate public speaking. So when you like crippled with nerves ever since school, so when you go up to host functions, you just like you say, you find a way to just yeah. do what you need to do, even though you just you know not really feeling it some of the yeah. time. Well, you're feeling a bit shy. Well, not really. I don't know. I think my shyness is gone now, and is it? It just well, comes done. out of nowhere. Yeah, it comes out of nowhere, and then it goes back, and it comes out and I was that little girl and I I didn't know how to make friends so I use the next make friends but if I was that little girl now at school I'll have a ton of friends but like I was so <laughs> shy I was so shy so um for me to come out now just be so out there I've just learned like why not like you're just gonna be yourself and people will actually be inspired by who you are like naturally without having to try Yep, wish I'd learnt that lesson and met you a long, long time ago. (laughs) Speaking of being an introvert or not or whatever, of course, social media is a a thing. And, of course, I've looked at your Instagram, so it feels creepy saying that, but, you know, I had a look. Um, And you're quite the cool kid and and a bit of a little supermodel there as well. Uh, Well, I kind of just want to do – oh, I want to do fashion outside of track. So if I could start that soon, I was thinking after Olympics, I got – inspired by the shoots that I've done for uh, the Australian Olympic team and sports craft. So, yeah, it's something I really want to pick up after Tokyo and hopefully go out like I could expand from there um, just trying to be an all-rounder, I guess. Not trying to be one, but like I trying to say, try to you're actually already that. Just, just quietly, you, you heard it <laughs> here first. What, uh, what about? In, well, in terms of social media stalking, I've also seen you're a um, an avid photographer, aren't you? Is that is that a hobby or is that something that you're thinking long term? Some stunning pictures of well, it's it's all humans, isn't it? From memory, I'm thinking they're my nature. trading partners. Are that? Oh, yeah. wow. I actually wondered that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, beautiful, yeah, they're my beautiful t- job. Thank you, thank you. Um, I haven't taken photos for a while. Um ever since I've just put the camera down I've actually just had it at the back of me but I brought it here um I put it down like when I mean like put it down I just haven't uploaded things for a bit um only because I was like let me just focus on Olympics for a bit I've been more behind the cameras than in front of it so oh I've been in front of the camera than behind it lately so um I've definitely love to get back I have so much ideas where I just want to pull I just want to be like let me go here tomorrow but I'm like okay, well, I have training at this time, so that won't work. So it's quite like something you have to really schedule. Um, So definitely after Tokyo, I'll be uploading more, but it's something that I do to get away from um, track. And I think as athletes, we try to make everything so much about track that you forget that you have a life. So I'm just like, you got to get out, do what you love, and then track will always be there. Like you turn off to be um, an athlete for one day, it's good to do that and you just won't go crazy for it. So when I picked up a camera and got it, myself a camera, it was when I was training on my old on my old training and it was just like it was a lot of training. Uh, I am training like that right now, but it's not like um, my Mondays and Fridays are on my own, so I do get that space to myself. Other than before, it was just like every day seeing the same people, which I don't mind. They're my <laughs> friends right now, but sometimes um, you do need some space and just focus on yourself. So, and just having earphones in and just doing your session is it's so good and it's something that I did and something that I still do. But I've definitely put on hold. But yeah, I'll definitely pick it up after tra- um, after Olympics come. It's just my little. I, when you go onto my page, you say, oh, it's welcome to my escape. So 
it's, des- it's definitely my escape and it's just something that I found in love. Oh, well, it is. Yeah, it's well worth having a look for everyone out there watching this. Um, yeah, very talented, Bendiri. Um, just on your team <laughs> as well, do you guys, obviously what you do is a very individual pursuit, but you guys seem to be such a team and so tight-knit. Do you, I'm trying to think if I read this somewhere, do you guys share in each other's like obviously wins and successes but medals and things like that with, with each other and, and with your coach as well? Well, um, I've recently given my coach my what medal, national medal only because for him it was like John has come so far and it was just like a thank you and it was just like this is the start of something so definitely no I love I absolutely love that all right well okay I've got to ask you leading in to to Tokyo what's I know what you've said about you know when we asked about goals and things like that but what is what's the ambition for this I hope to get out of people knowing who I am and I want them to know that I was a Western Sydney girl that that wasn't doing all these special things, made myself, put myself in this sport um, really clueless, but she made her way up and she didn't have a lot of muscles. She wasn't tall. I feel like there's so much, in, like you have to be a certain way to be a 400 runner or you have to be a certain way to be this. So I just want to be an example to girls and guys that, don't even look like me. They don't have to look like me. We don't have the same. We don't have to need. We don't need to have the same skin color. It's just that I want them to look at me and just be like, if she did that, I could do that. And I don't need to go get shredded in the gym. I don't need to do this. And if they can look at me and it's like, if she did that, that's all I hope to get out of it. And that's that's really just it. You're just an incredible inspiration. What? Yeah, I hope everyone gets to uh, to hear what you just said. And yeah, um, nothing wrong with another Western Sydney girl representing. I love it. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Can't thank you enough for for finding the time because I know how busy things are at the moment. And obviously, Tokyo is um, is the big one. Uh, finally, I do have to ask you: What are you most looking forward to in Tokyo when you land? I can't wait to get the tattoo. We've all dreamt of it, the two-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> We've all dreamt of the tattoo. I know where I'm getting it. Yeah, um, definitely finishing off and just ticking off the biggest goal of my life and just say I'm Olympian. I don't really call myself as one right now. So after I compete, after I do get my tattoo, get everything, compete, make the finals, try and make the finals, just do all that stuff, I want to be able to tick that off and definitely getting the tattoo was it's every athlete's dream to get the olympic rings <laughs> <laughs> well earned as well well congratulations on everything you've achieved so far um you've got me and i'm sure everyone really excited to watch you compete and follow your journey and um from the racing to the tattoos obviously the the, the tattoos <laughs> so um looking forward to it bendiri thanks so much for your time and uh, we'll see you in tokyo thank you so much for having me have a good day Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to hear more incredible stories from our athletes going for gold at the Tokyo 2020 Games. You can see full coverage of the Tokyo 2020 Olympic and Paralympic Games on 7 and 7 Plus.